So I want to start by encouraging you this morning. And did you know that you make 35,000 decisions a day? That's why we're all so tired, right? 35,000 decisions. I read that this week. That's a bunch of decisions that we make every day. However, some of the decisions that we make, they just hit a little bit differently. And they lead to what I call watershed moments. Some of you have experienced some watershed moments in your life. These are moments that change the direction of your life. The definition of a watershed moment is a watershed moment is a turning point. It's the exact moment that changes the direction of a person's life. You've experienced turning points in your life before. And they've been for all different various reasons. Uh, growing up as you were a child or maybe young adult or you experienced something and all of a sudden it changed your life. I got some examples for you that maybe you can resonate and relate to some of these. If you've ever fallen in love, everybody go, ah, right? Falling in love is a turning point. It's a turning point in our relationships. It's just amazing. It's awesome. Um, you know, it's, you know, we have to work at that to make it last kind of thing, but it's a turning point, right? Second is pain. I remember having two significant surgeries last year and I remember going, you know what? This pain has been a turning point in my life. I look at people differently. I look at when they go through pain differently because of what I had to go through. Like that's not lost on me anymore. Used to be like, Hey, just suck it up and get moving. Uh, I think about it a little bit differently. Uh, now, uh, TikTok. <laughs> it's been a watershed moment for our culture. I mean, where else can you go to watch a bus, a school bus get outfitted for a house, a dog dressed up like its owner, and a tutorial on how to talk to an elephant all within one minute of each other? It's pretty amazing, right? Watershed moment. Maybe you've had a mentor and a coach in your life. You played sports, you played music, dance, softball. There was something you had a teacher in your life and your relationship with that teacher or that coach or that mentor, I know for me, I had one. It changed the, tra the trajectory of my life. It was a turning point in my life. I did not look at life the same way anymore after I met this uh, older gentleman who coached me and helped me to understand some things about life, right? Um, cool Ranch Doritos. You never look at another chip again after you've had a Cool Ranch Dorito. I remember the first time I had one. And, and, and if you're like me, you love to eat them while you're at the beach. There's something about those calories don't count uh, at the beach. And so uh, I go to the, when I go to the beach, I love to eat Cool Ranch Doritos on the beach. And um, <clears throat> it's just a turning point in my life. It's just, it's just so cool. Uh, when you uh, brought your baby home for the first time, that was a turning point. I remember they let Cretia and I bring home Hudson and Mitchell's babies. And I'm like, they let us have them. Like, we don't, we don't know what to do with them. And is it, isn't it true when you're driving home from the hospital with your babies, everybody's driving too fast, right? And you're like, slow down, would you slow down? Your wife's yelling, would you slow down? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going fast, why are you, you know? That kind of thing, it's crazy. Baby home for the first time. You know, when you brought your air fryer home for the first time, that was a turning point for all of us, right? You even named yours. It was so good. Uh, I love mine. I use it every day. It's been, it was a turning point in the life of our kitchen. Our oven's jealous. Our microwave stares at it with bad looks. We love it. It's been a turning 
point for us in our life. Here's, here's why I say all this. Uh, we're in a new series called One. And there's one decision that can create a turning point in your life. It can create a watershed moment in your life. And there's, it's one decision can create a turning point. Your life can be a turning point for a lot of other people. This church has been a turning point for a lot of people who live in this community. And so the whole purpose of this whole series is that one decision can create a watershed moment in your life. And God wants to do that, right? And here's the purpose behind this. And here's why we're so excited about this. Because focus equals change. I mean, think about the times that you've tried to eat right. You wanted to lose a little bit of weight. You really got focused, right? And you started counting your calories and all this kind of stuff. You began to see a little bit of a change, start feeling a little bit better. Your confidence started going a little bit higher. You know, your friends and family started complimenting the way that you looked. And all of a sudden you were feeling good, right? Uh, for, for some of you um, in school, you, you decided I'm not doing so great in math. And uh, I need to dial it in a little bit more. I need to get focused on math. And all of a sudden you started focusing. I see parents looking at their kids going like this, started focusing a little bit more on math. And all of a sudden your grades started coming up. We know this in marriage. If you start focusing on your marriage, it starts to get a little bit better. Why? There's power in focus. You know, you, if you neglect your teeth, they will go away. I mean, that's just, if you neglect your marriage, it will go away. I mean, there's just power in focus. There's just power in focus. And I believe that God wants us to focus on something in this next season of our life. You and I are all going into a new season. We're going into the new fall and school's gonna be starting. Lots of things are gonna be starting back up. Life's gonna be starting back up again. And God has taken us all into a new season. And I believe there's something that he wants you to focus on and there's something that he wants me to focus on. I don't know what he wants you to focus on and you don't know what I need to focus on. I know what I need to focus on, but God wants us to focus on something as we go into this new season. And he wants this, this message series, the principles we're gonna be talking about in this series to act as the compass for you as you're making some new decisions over the next few months. Now we need this series for two reasons. One, people who live integrated lives are the happiest. People who live integrated lives are the happiest. Integrated meaning interconnected, okay? Interconnected. Who you are and what you say and what you do, when all of that's interconnected, that's integration. And the research says that people who live integrated lives are the happiest. When what you, who you are, what you say, what you do, and all that connects and matches, those people are the happiest people on the planet. And we need help in understanding God. We need to integrate that, you know, our, our lives, who we are, who, what we say, what we do. It's the reason why the word disintegration means fragmented, right? And fragment, fragmented leads to stress compartmentalizing our life is great for problem solving, but it's a bad lifestyle, okay? So people who live integrated lives, they're the happiest people on the planet. Second of all, second reason why we need this series is sometimes our chooser is broken, okay? 
Sometimes our chooser is broken. Have you ever chosen potato chips over vegetables? Right? So that, means some, that means our chooser is broken in that moment, in that moment. And just to be honest, hasn't there been times, and I know you've never done this. You've never done this. I've done this. You've never done this. Y'all, I've chosen desires I've had before over my values. I know you've never done that, but I've done it, right? There have been times I've gone, I really want the potato chips instead of the vegetables in all different areas of my life, right? And I've chosen my desires and what I wanted in the moment over what was really good for me and ultimately is what I really valued in my life. And sometimes, y'all, we get in situations where our chooser is broken because we're choosing, we're making decisions based on how we feel rather than what we value in life. Sometimes we lose our confidence. Sometimes we lose perspective. Sometimes we lose our conviction. Sometimes we just lose our focus. I mean, have y'all ever been there? Is it just me? I mean, there's a reason why a lion tamer will walk into a cage full of lions and he'll walk right up to a lion and he'll hold a what? You guys know? You ever been to the circus? He'll hold a stool. In the stool, he's got the four legs of the stool pointed right at the lion. Why is he doing that? Because he knows when that lion's trying to look at four things coming at him at one time, it's going to just paralyze him. And isn't that the way we feel sometimes in our life when we look at our priorities, when we look at all the things we want to accomplish, and we look at all the choices that we have, and we're just like, oh my gosh, sometimes I feel like my chooser is broken because I can't focus right now. I just need some help. Well, I feel like there is something that God wants us to do. And there is one decision that he wants us to make. And if we make this decision, it's not going to solve all our problems, but it's going to solve a bunch of problems in our life. So the uh, scripture that I'm going to use today came from a gentleman named Solomon. Solomon was in the Old Testament. Um, If you remember David, David and Goliath, David Um, became king of Israel, David and Bathsheba, his wife, had a son. His name was Solomon. Solomon became the new king over Israel after his father, David. And Solomon uh, had a dream one night, went to bed. He was a young king, had a dream one night. And and, uh, God came to him in his dream. And he said, uh, Solomon, if you could have anything on the planet, anything in the world, what would you want? And I'll give it to you. Y'all, just between us and the fence post and everybody else watching online, you know, um, I mean, what would you do if God said that to you? I'll give you anything, just name it. So Solomon's a young king, and obviously he feels inundated by the pressure of being a young king. So he goes, God, I, I really just want wisdom. I just want wisdom to help rule your people and, and, and be a good judge over your people. And so God says, Solomon, because you asked for that, I'm going to give you so much wealth. I'm going to give you long life. I'm going to give you this amazing life because you've asked with pure motivations and you're wanting to honor me and honor all these people. I'm going to give you whatever you ask for. And by the way, you're going to be the smartest dude in the world. They're still going to be talking about you years and years and years and years after this whole thing, right? So here's the verse that God gave Solomon, okay? God, in all of his wisdom, gave Solomon, because Solomon prayed for wisdom. God gave Solomon this verse, comes right out of the me version, 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is, is, is one, of my, one of my favorites. Comes right out of the me version, very important. Here we go. Trust in your feelings completely. Rely solely on your own instincts and wisdom. Seek out your personal preferences in all you do and the path you should take will become clear. Does anybody have a problem with what I just read? Right. That's not Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. However, it's the cultural definition of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? I mean, haven't you ever felt like, hey, you know what? As I'm making this decision, I just want to trust my feelings right now. I, I know what logic says. I know what wisdom says, but I just feel like I'm, I'm in my feels right now. And this decision just sounds better if I just trust my feelings and I make it and let's go for it, right? Sometimes we seek our personal preferences in everything that we do. Sometimes I seek my personal preferences as opposed to the needs of the people around me, right? And this doesn't lead to a watershed moment. This leads to a hot water situation that we find ourselves in. And y'all, this, this kind of living right here, this did not come from the scripture. This is just me having fun out of my me version. But this kind of living puts us at the center of our own universe. And that's the smallest way to live. As a matter of fact, there was a time um, back in the 1500s uh, where people thought that the earth was the center of the universe. And Copernicus came along and said, uh-uh-uh, the sun is the center of the universe, not the earth. So we get this naturally, right? We think we're the center of the universe. Here's what Solomon really said. Here's what the wisdom of God really said to Solomon. And he said, trust in the Lord. And anytime God puts all in one verse, that's big stuff. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend, whatever you do, please, do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. Some of the things I do, just the church stuff I do, just the spiritual things I do, nope, all you do. And he will show you which path to take. What I love about this verse is Solomon is saying, and God is saying, this is about priority and this is about totality. This is about priority and this is about totality. It's trusting him when I feel it and trusting him when I don't. It's trusting him when I can explain it and trusting him when I can't. It's trusting him when I can see it and trusting him when I can't see it. It's trusting him when I know the way, and it's trusting him when I don't know the way. It's trusting him when I know the decision, and it's trusting him when I don't know the decision. That's what it's about. I remember when I was 17 years old, I heard this verse for the first time, 17 years old. And I remember about the only thing I had going on in my life at 17 was I had a uh, I had, a, I had a relationship I was semi-interested in, had a part-time job, and I was thinking about college. And I was trying to figure out, wow, okay, this is, I guess I need to trust God with these things. And I first began learning to trust God with my relationships and what I was thinking about my education and this job I had, and it was the first time I'd ever done it. And it was weird because I always kind of put my own needs before, you know, that kind of stuff. But I started trusting God then. And now I'll look at it this way. I'm 50. I've got a lot more responsibility. 
I've made my own people. You know, that hits different when you start making your own people. And uh, you got a lot more responsibility, got a lot more things that you've got. And here's what I notice is that the command doesn't change. Whether you are 50, whether you are 60, whether you are 70 or 170, God still invites you and me to trust in him with all our heart. Now, have you, have you ever asked the question, why can't we lean on our own understanding? I mean, why would God say that? I mean, I, I feel like I understand my life. I feel like I understand my world, my situation. Here's the thing about our situations. Here's the thing about our children. Here's the thing about our friends. Here's the thing about our career. Here's the thing about our work life. Here's the thing about all the situations that you find yourself in or like this pen, okay? <clears throat> when I look at this pen, the only side of this pen that I can see is the part facing me. I can't see the part facing you. And so my challenge for you and me is recognizing that God puts us in situations and these situations, we can't see everything. We think we know everything, but we can't see everything. And so the reason that God is saying, I want you to trust me with all your heart is he's going, I know you can't see 50% of the situation. You think you know, but I'm telling you, I know, and I want you to trust me. Imagine your life is like a wheel. Imagine your life resembles a wheel. And I used to love riding bikes when I was a kid. It was so much fun. And as I was thinking about, you know, how to communicate this, this was the example that brought to my mind. But think about your life as this wheel and think about this hub is the decision that you've made of, of who you're going to follow in your life. Okay of who you're gonna follow. This hub represents who you're gonna follow. And all the spokes represent every single dimension of your life that comes off of this main decision. Your family, your marriage, your children, your job, your in-laws, your friends, your how you handle conflict, how you, how you handle change, your mental hygiene, your mental health, your, I mean, just keep going all the way around here. All of these spokes resemble this decision. Now that's either good or bad based upon what this decision is. Whatever you've decided to make this decision, and, and we're either gonna live a self-directed life or a Christ-directed life, but whatever you've decided right here in the middle, it's gonna affect every spoke in your life, okay? This is good news or this is scary news. If you made a good decision here, it's gonna be good news everywhere. If you have not decided well here, it's gonna affect all these spokes in your life. And so I wanna challenge you as you're thinking about, God, what decision do I need to make in my life and how do I need to follow you in my life? I want you to think about this. When you think about, let's go back to the wheel just for a second. When you think about this decision, Every piece of your life is going to reflect this. And here's the big idea. Here we go. 
Make one decision and then build your life around that one decision. It goes back to living an integrated life, right? The happiest people in the world are people that their identity is wrapped up in what they say, what they do, all of it, all of it connects. God wants us to make one decision and then build our life all around that one decision. And it's trusting in him with all our heart, not leaning on our own understanding, acknowledging him in all our ways. And he promises to direct our path. I don't know about you, but I grew up in church. People telling me I need to make the decision. (laughs) But they left out this part. Oh, you just make a decision to follow Jesus, you'll be okay. They, they didn't say this part. And as I got a little bit older, started following Jesus, started recognizing, hey, there's some things I need to pay attention to. The happiest and most fulfilled people in the world are people who make one decision and then build their life around that decision. You've done this before. If you went to college, get, get, guess what you did when you went to college? You made one decision, and guess what? It affected every part of your life, all your friends, where you worked, how you spent your money. I mean, everything affected every part of your life. If you've got kids that play softball or football or baseball or dance or music, do you know what, for those of you, yeah, I mean, you know what this is like. Your, your dinner schedule's wrapped around their practice schedule. What they eat for dinner is kind of wrapped around what they do. I mean, you, we know what this is like as a family when people, when we make that one decision and then we build our life around that decision. It's the same way when it comes to following Jesus. Now, here's where it gets really good. All right, lock in. If you're younger and you miss this, it's your fault. So I want you to lock in. I don't care what you're doing, walking around in the hallway, eating breakfast. I don't care what you do. But if you miss this, you're going to miss something really, really important. Here we go. I want you to practice the 80-20 rule in your life. The 80-20 rule says this applies to business, this applies to um, uh, you as a person, this applies to your family, this applies to everything in our life. And here's what it means. 20% of the inputs in your life create 80% of the outputs, okay? Here's what it means when when it comes to our life and living for Jesus. 20% of your decisions in your life are gonna contribute to 80% of your happiness or I could change this, misery. 20%, y'all, 20% of the decisions that you make in your life are gonna contribute to your happiness. This means 80% of the decisions we make affect 20% of our happiness. Our mistakes, ah, I've done this in my life. Our mistakes that we make is we spend all this 80% energy in the 20% part of our life. We're making 80% decisions that are nothing, that are insignificant, and it, and it affects an insignificant part of our life. What I wanna challenge you is think about this. There are 20%, only 20% of the decisions are gonna affect 80% of your life. And what this means, your most significant relationships in your life are in that 20%, who you marry or who you remarry. There's an old thing that says, when you get married, you're doubled or cut in half the day of. 
That's a 20% decision. There's, uh, you know, how you manage money. That's a 20% decision. Your career and education following God's purpose of your life. That's a 20% decision. We spend an inordinate amount of time on decisions that don't matter. And it affects this much of our life. When God says, oh man, y'all, if you really want to be fulfilled, listen, take the 20% in your life. Take the biggest 20% decisions. And if you'll make them well, and we're not always going to get it perfect, but if you'll seek his wisdom and be strategic and pray and talk to other wise people, make wise decisions, 80% of your happiness is coming out of only 20% of the decisions that you make in your life. That's a big deal. That's a really, really big deal. I love this quote that I saw this week. When you're born, you look like your parents, but when you die, you look like your choices. <laughs> That's either uh, exciting or very sobering. What, is your look, what does your life look like right now based on the choices that you've made? What does your life look like right now based on the choices that you've made? All right, three action steps. Here we go. Number one, God today, I'm going to hit one of the first 20% right today. I just, I'm, I'm ready to kind of step across the line and I want to see, I want to experience happiness and fulfillment in my life. And now I know that that begins with Jesus. And I want to just challenge you, God, today, I'm choosing to trust Jesus with all my heart, going all in. I'm not going to dabble in this anymore. I'm not going to, you know, God, can I give you this spoke, but not that spoke of my life? Nah, 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 nah. I know we all are in process and we got work to do, but I'm just, I'm just pleading with you to say, God, today I'm giving you all my spokes. You're at the hub. You're at the center. I'm trusting you with all and it's all yours. That's number one. Number two, does your filter need to be changed? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm the worst. I'm the world's worst at changing filters into things that I own, right? I don't know. Does anybody else resonate with that? <clears throat> Some of you are type A and you write it down and maybe you can help me and teach me that. But I am the worst at changing filters, whether it's refrigerator, car, whatever. But, but, but here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. You make decisions based on filters right now in your life, whether you know it or not. There are filters in your mind that help you make decisions every day. And our challenge is knowing what are those filters? Is that a selfish filter? Is that a, a godly filter? Is that a fear filter? Is that a, I want to impress others filter? I mean, there's, there's filters that we are always using every day to, to help us make decisions. My challenge for you is your faith needs to be the filter that you make decisions on. Your faith, God is saying, y'all, if you want to live the life that you want, if you want your choices to reflect a life that you don't have to apologize for, let your faith be the filter for your beliefs and your convictions and your behavior. Because if it's not, if it's not, and, and you are claiming to be a Christ follower. 
I think there's something wrong. And I think you need to look at it. God is saying, come on, I want your, I want your faith to be the filter for how you're making decisions because that's what it means to trust God with all your heart. Third, can you follow God's direction when they conflict with your desires? Can you follow, can you and I follow God's directions when they conflict with our desires? That is one of the biggest maturity conversations. This is the authority question. This is the question we go, okay, well, who's really responsible in my life? Who's the authority? Who's gonna call the shots in my life, right? And I just wanna challenge you, follow God's direction, even when they conflict with your desires, even when you don't know, you don't understand, you can't explain, trust him. Here's what it looks like to make one decision and then it changed your life. So uh, last year, 2021, uh, my uh, oldest son, Hudson, who's 25 now, graduated college a few years ago and started working. Uh, he decided he wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail. His mother and I really didn't quite know what the Appalachian Trail was. Uh, at the time, he told us he wanted to do it. And, but we started doing some research and trying to figure out, oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I was like that's a 2,200-mile trail that goes from Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. 2,200 miles. And so he started talking about, hey, yeah, I think I'm going to just live in the woods for six and a half months and I, I need a challenge in my life. And so we started watching him. And all of a sudden, the way he spent his money was different. He started buying all this gear. And the way that he started spending his time was different. He started waking up at 5 a.m. and going and hiking around Salem Lake in Winston to learn how it was going to be. And he was 270 pounds. And he started spending his time different and his money different. And all this one decision, six months before he ever left, he started making all these decisions around what hiking the AT was going to involve for him. And that one decision changed every other decision in his life. So we dropped him off in Atlanta on February the 6th with a backpack with a tent, tried to get him to have some bear spray, but he wouldn't. And speaking of bears and snakes, he saw all of it. We dropped him off in Atlanta on February the 6th and he started the trail at Springer Mountain, just north of Atlanta on February the 8th. And two weeks ago, I flew to Maine, drove up to Baxter State Park And at the base of Mount Katahdin, I waited for him as he finished the trail in Mount Katahdin. (laughs) 80 pounds lighter. (laughs) 
he was so high on top of this mountain, uh, it's about the size of Grandfather Mountain, uh, that the clouds had rolled in and he, you couldn't see everything down below it. This is the power of making one decision and then basing everything you do around that one decision. Imagine what your life could look like, y'all. Imagine what your life could look like if you chose in your life to trust God with all your heart and go all in. All, move the chips to the center of the table. Go all in and seek his will in all you do. Imagine the stories you can tell your family and your children. I think about my life, y'all. I think about my life at 17 when I had two roads to go and I chose this way. I chose God's direction. I didn't get it right. I messed up a lot. But I think about the things that God brought has brought into my life that I would not have otherwise. 20% of the things that you want in your life and those choices are gonna determine 80% of your happiness. And God is saying, listen, listen, I, I, I want all of it, but let's start with the 20%. Who are you following? Who's at the hub? What do your spokes look like? And just know, I want my love to start at the center and affect every spoke in your life so that at one day, at some point in the future, you're, you will look like me, your heavenly father. Let me pray for you. Heavenly father, we love you. And God, we just bring our lives to you right now. Some of us in this room are hurting. Some of us are scared. Some of us are frustrated. Some of us are contemplating big decisions, whether that's here in Kernersville at Oak Ridge or those watching online. And Father, I pray for all of us, God, as we leave today that Father, you have clearly spoken in your word that it's your goal, it's your wish, it's your desire for us to trust in you with all our heart and do not just rely on our own understanding as we see this life that we live, but to seek your will in all we do. And you promise, God, you promise that you will direct our life. And so me and my friends, all of us watching and all of us a part of this time together, God, we just step forward and we just in our hearts say, we're trusting you with it all. We're resetting. And God, take us today and change us because of your love and because of what Jesus did on the cross. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.